Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What time is it? It's about 10.50. I was walking through the corridors of a crowded mall in my high school years, and I heard a voice calling out to me, Hey, what time is it? And in my high school snarkiness, I replied, It's time to get a watch. And I walked on. What time is it? Well, you may have noted that in the cover of your bulletin that time is a theme that comes up in our readings for this third Sunday after the Epiphany. And I want to explore that with you a little bit more this morning. We all know that time is measured. You need only to look at your clock or your calendar. Time is managed. Talk to Franklin Covey about that one. Most of you realize that time is limited, not just because the... uh, Well, because the sale promotion will end soon, or the milk in the back of the fridge will expire, but because of your life experiences and knowing that time passes by too quickly, especially if you have kids. We know that while time is managed, time is also wasted. There's always tomorrow to do the things that I put off today, right? Your time is currency. You spend it with your spouse, your kids, your work, your hobbies, and your interests. You only have so much time in the end, though it seems like you never have enough of it. To quote the pop prophet Steve Miller, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. To quote another trio of pop prophets who asked the same question as the guy did to me in the mall, what's the time? And their response was, it's time to get ill, whatever on earth that means. But what's the time? That's our question for the text of Mark's gospel today. What time is it? And from the text, I think there's three different ways or three ways in which we can answer that question. What time is it? Well, it's the fulfilled time. What time is it? It's time to repent and believe. What time is it? It's time to follow Jesus. But first, I want to bring into this sermon, God help me, another pop prophetess, Taylor Swift. She's got to be one of the most popular pop artists in recent years. Ticket sales for her concerts are off the charts. They often sell out the day that they go on sale. And if you can get your hands on a ticket, you cling on to it. If you ask a Swifty who's able to get their hands on a ticket, if they're excited, you might just get a dirty look and a snarky reply. Of course they're excited. They have the ticket. They're counting down the months, the weeks, the days, the hours, until they can finally join the throng of thousands of concert goers. As those weeks turn into days and days into hours, the excitement builds, the, the, ex- the uh, anticipation is overwhelming until finally the time has come. They go into the arena packed with people, and when she finally appears on stage, loud cheers, screams, and high-pitched squeals bury the needle on the decibel reader. The wait is over. You're in the moment. The time has been fulfilled. 
Now, Jesus is no pop star, nor has he come to entertain us. But the anticipation, the excitement, the hopes for the revealing of the promised Messiah were tangible and palpable for the people of God who waited. Who waited more than months or weeks, but centuries for his appearing. The promise of his appearing was their ticket, and they clung to it tightly in faith. Then finally, at the baptism, the promise was fulfilled. As Jesus was baptized, here now stood before them Jesus the Christ, the one who has been anointed with the Holy Spirit, the Messiah. Finally, he has made his appearance, and now here in Galilee, he makes his announcement of that fact. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom is at hand. The king, the true king, has come to rule and to reign over the entirety of his creation. The promise has been fulfilled. One might ask, well, which promises are those? Well, here in Jesus is the son born of a woman to crush the head of the serpent as was first promised to Adam and to Eve. Here in Jesus is the blessing of nations promised to Abraham. Here in Jesus is the great king who is greater than King David, of whose rule and reign will endure forever. Here in Jesus is Emmanuel, or God with us, the word of God made flesh who dwelt among us, the one who with the Father and the Spirit spoke all of creation into existence. And in Galilee, in Galilee, the time had come to make this publicly known Christ has come, right here, right now, welcome to the messianic age. The time is fulfilled, Christ the King has come, but what does that mean? Think about this, every musician has a message, yeah? For Taylor Swift, one message was shake it off. John Lennon saying the message, imagine. The Beastie Boys promoted the cause that you have to fight for your right to party. Just pick a musician, and they have a message to proclaim, to sing about. What what message did Jesus proclaim? It was simple. Repent and believe the gospel. I know I've shared before uh, how in the vestry, of my home congregation, Hales Corners Lutheran Church, back in the day when I was an acolyte, there hung a clock on the wall in the vestry with no numbers on it at all. It had the dials, no numbers. Instead, on the face of the clock were these words, time to repent. Repentance is a continual thing for the life of a Christian. Indeed, It is always time to repent. Repentance has to deal with the law. When you hear the law and the commandments of God and you understand that you haven't kept them, and not just an intellectual acknowledgement, but when you come to understand the weight of breaking God's commandments and you come to grips with the consequences that sin leads to death, 
repent. Perhaps today as we think about time, we should consider the commandments in relation to it. Have you acted as if you have all the time in the world? Or that everyone and everything should work or happen according to your time? Have you misused God's name because you ran out of time and you failed to meet an important deadline at work? Have you not set time to hear God's word or receive his gifts and instead made something else your priority for this time? What about neglecting time to care for your family because of your interests or your hobbies? Or perhaps stealing time at work? The message of Christ should ring in our ears. Repent. It's not right. But look, that's only part of the message. Hear the second part of the, mes- of the Messiah's message. Repent and believe the gospel. See, Jesus the Christ has come to do something about our sin. He has come to show mercy. And this is good news. He has come to bear your sin and mine. From the time of his baptism to the cross of Calvary where he suffered our sin's consequences. Jesus came for this purpose. It's why he came. He ultimately fulfills the promise to put an end to our great enemies of sin, of death, and of the devil. The Savior of the nations has come for you. The crusher of the serpent's head has come for you. The King of all creation lays down his life for each and every one of you. The one revealed in the fullness of time to forgive you of all your sin, rescue you from death, and vanquish the devil has come for you. And not only with words of promise, mind you, but delivering it to you by means of the sacraments, uniting you to him in his death and his resurrection through holy baptism, feeding you with the very feast of victory at his altar. Jesus is for you. This is the heart of the gospel. Repent and believe this good news. Not just once, but your whole life as you follow after him. See, that's the last point. What time is it? It's time to follow Jesus. Could you imagine being at a Taylor Swift concert and somehow she signals you out for a special backstage pass where you can talk with her and bask in her presence? For some of you, this is a dream come true. For others of you, you're still scratching your head wondering, who is Taylor Swift anyway? If Taylor Swift called you, extended the invitation, would you follow? Eh. Jesus calls Simon, Andrew, James, and John, these four fishermen, to follow him. These were not just some weekend anglers hoping to land a bass. They were part of a multi-generational fishing family and a large enough outfit for them to have hired hands to help with the work. This was the family business. Follow me, 
Jesus said. And they did immediately. Now is the time. And as they did, Jesus gave them a new vocation or a new calling in life. They became followers of Jesus. Now here's the thing. Jesus took these fishermen and he made them fishers of men. Please understand, they did not abandon their families or their other vocations. No, instead, the calling of Jesus transformed their previous vocations or their callings. Now, they were to live their lives through the lens of Christ's calling on them. They were called to love their spouses still, but now in light of how Christ loved his bride, the church, and sacrificially laid down his life for her. And they were called to love others as themselves, as being fellow proclaimers of the rule and the reign of God as Jesus' first disciples, a word which literally means followers. They were among the ones chosen to witness Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, and who were then authorized as the king's apostles, or sent ones, to keep proclaiming the kingdom of God to all nations. They were the first pastors of Christ's church, bringing the message of law and gospel, singing the song, the kingdom is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. And see, they did this as men, as husbands, as sons-in-law, as brothers, as fathers, as fishermen, but now all coming under the calling of Christ Jesus our Lord. So here's the thing, brothers and sisters in Christ, this message has been carried to your ears again today. What time is it? Well, today is the day of salvation. Today the kingdom of God is at hand. Today is a day to repent and to believe the gospel. For you are also followed to follow Jesus today. Not in an altar call kind of way, but today you are given that time to repent of your sin, to hear the good news, to receive his gifts, and to live as his disciples. For he has already called you to follow him in your baptism. His kingdom has come to you then as it comes to you again today, for you are his dearly loved, blood-brought children. So today is the day to live as the forgiven and redeemed Christian fathers, mothers, and children that you are. Today is the day to sing his praise and to live out your lives of followers of Jesus, announcing his rule and reign in your vocations. Which means something like this. Parents, read your Bibles to your kids. Teach them to pray. Speak law and gospel to them. Show that to them. Forgive them as God and Christ has forgiven you. Husbands, what this means for you is love your wives. Give yourselves up for her. Wives, for you, this means live under the banner of love and service that your husband is called to. Children, this means for you to, to love, to honor, to cherish your parents as the gifts that they are, that God has given to you. Employees work as if you're working unto the Lord. Look, in all of these ways, you too then are proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come to you 
and he rules and reigns over and in you. What time is it? It's time to repent. It's time to believe. It's time to follow Jesus, for the time is fulfilled. I want you to know this, brothers and sisters in Christ, that he who has called you is faithful. And he will continue to come and to call and to forgive and to rule and reign now and forever. For as the Apostle Paul said, these days are indeed short, and this time is fading away. But Christ Jesus has called you to be his today and forever. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.